Five-Year Mission Podcast, Episode 1. This week's episode of the Five-Year Mission Podcast is brought to you by Fansets, the place for amazing pin collectibles. See all the pins and collectibles they have to offer at fansets.com and stay tuned for this week's special Five-Year Mission Podcast discount code. Fansets, we are Star Trek. By now you figured out that this is a five-year mission podcast. Start over. <laughs> I forgot what we were doing. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first edition of the five-year mission podcast. Noah is already having to turn his head away because of my podcast voice, because he's laughing. That is not a good start to the podcast, Noah. Today, we are joined by Mr. Chris Spurgeon himself, Mr. Mike Rittenhouse, and Noah Butler. Patrick is currently absent. But we will have him on future episodes. Today, our first subject is going to be our first experiences with Star Trek uh, as a band, uh, whether it be through the TV shows, through the movies, through conventions experiences. Conventions experiences? (laughs) I don't have to pluralize both. Convention experiences. There we go. So today, that is going to be our topic. Who wants to get us started? Anybody? Bueller? Butler? I'll start. Good job. <laughs> I was going to talk about my early memories of Star Trek. And and I watched the show in the 80s in reruns as a kid as sort of the filler between the Star Wars movies. Now, was this like before school, after school, summertime? It was It was usually on a dinner time for some reason. It was like maybe in the five to six slot on some. I, I did not have cable, as I established in an earlier thing. <laughs> So it was just some random channel that had it, you know, the one of one of five stations that had Star Trek in syndication. And we watched it during dinner most of the time. And so it was it was awesome. It was that sci-fi fix that I needed and and of course the episodes where Kirk got his shirt cut open and and slightly bled with like a lipstick mark across his chest or something was always really cool and anything that had aliens, you know, actual Andorians or something in it was really cool. But, I, I mean, I really, really loved it. Like, my, my best friend lived next door to me, and we would take cardboard boxes and tape a bunch of white sheets of paper to it and, like, draw the, the glowing light circle buttons, you know, and made, like, our own, like, bridge panels, con- control panels, computer panels and stuff, and, and, and actually, like, play-acted Star Trek original series. And this is probably, like, in 82, <laughs> in 83 that we're doing this. We, my mom had these, like, weird plastic, like, jewelry cases, mm-hmm. and they were just kind of rectangular, and, and they just had, like, the little, like, flip latch on them and we could and, and a hinge and you could we would like would flip them open and like your communicator yep, and we would pretend they were communicators sometimes we would like draw the little dials and buttons and and tape the piece of paper inside the box so that when we <laughs> flipped it open it was actually there and like that's did, did you guys actually actually do like the sound effects yourselves oh yeah absolutely absolutely do one for us 
Okay, that's pretty, pretty good. good. That's pretty that's, good. That's I good. mean, that's that's what I remember that's, doing. Sounds more like a transformer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be it could be a communicator. It could be a transformer. It could be a, sp- no, be a tra- sprinkler. Tra- transformers were more. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I guess yeah. it was less ch- and more. K- a little, yeah. little more of a flange yeah. effect to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we lived it. We, we like me and my I, best friend next door. We like we lived that inside our house, outside our house. Like we lived Star Trek. I, I think that Noah is officially the youngest Trekkie in the band. Like. Get, got into it at the yeah. earliest age. I think the rest of us definitely got into it at a later age than that. Like, I wasn't young enough to be drawing on cardboard boxes, that's for sure. <laughs> Chris, what was, what was your first kind of experience? We played a lot of Star Wars. We played a lot of Dukes of Hazard, stuff like that. I mean, we were, you know, I think were, we might... Were you Bo or Luke? Well, I was Luke. Because uh, yeah, my, my brother, hair. my brother has blonde hair, so he was yeah. Bo. I was always Bo. <laughs> uh, we, I, I think we even played Airwolf. I mean, we played all oh, the, you wow. know, I know. But, but did you play Highwayman? <laughs> no, we we didn't play Highwayman. Um, I didn't know what Highwayman was until I met you. But I, I don't really remember a lot of. Star Trek when I was a kid I I remember it existed and I, I had a I have a good friend and he has always been a Trekkie you know he he loved it and, and I was so I, I was kind of peripheral to that you know I, I knew it existed and I, and I liked it because of him but I didn't really understand what it was until I got older oddly enough I saw the movies before I saw the series because the the original series movies like Wrath of Khan and, uh, you know, uh, Search for Spock. Yeah. Voyage Home. Yeah. Voyage Home. Um, all of those, you know, all the way up to, uh, even the, the next generation through Nemesis, I guess I saw all of those before I saw, before I really sat down to watch any of the series. And I didn't even really sit down to watch the series from, you know, first episode to, to last episode, any of the, the series until I got in the band. But I would see, you know, they would be on TV in syndication. And so I would I'd say, oh, look, it's Star Trek. And I'd watch it and I'd enjoy it. But I would never go back to, you know, it's not like today where you can just go out and buy the entire set. You know, back when, when you know, even when I was in college, it was you know, you'd have to buy it on VHS. And so it was like, you'd have this immense set. And I don't think they even did the complete series on VHS. It was like, you know, select episodes. Yeah, single episodes. And so, you know, we didn't have that kind of, you know, I couldn't really go back and watch it unless it was on TV. So I think it was like VH1 or something like that. And they would do, they would run Star Trek like in, <laughs> in, in the evenings. And so, and sometimes they'd have... Poor VH1. I know. Sometimes it would be... Like they'd run an episode and it would, it was like in a, it was like you were watching a view screen within the TV and they'd have, it was almost, you remember pop-up video? Oh yeah. It was kind of like that, except for they'd have like, like a ticker down at the bottom. I would have facts and things like that. Wait, are, are you talking about G4? Maybe it was G4. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds. That, that, right. that could be, that could be, it could and have been G4. Wait, wait, you so you're talking about G4 about maybe 15 years ago? Possibly. Oh, yeah. 
Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this, this may come up later in our discussions. <laughs> well, at any rate, so that's, I mean, you know, I distinctly remember, um, I, I distinctly remember seeing The Voyage Home, and I didn't really know the, I knew the characters, but not, not like I do now. But I still remember almost immediately kind of getting into the feel of who these people were which is a testament to how well the movie was done, even though that's arguably the most commercial of, of the movies, well, of the original series movies. So which, which movie? The Voyage Home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and then, uh, you know, I, my friend and I went to Vegas and we saw, we went through the Star Trek experience and that was really cool. And again, at the time, I really wanted to see it, but... You know, we're going through and they have this big timeline of all the series together. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. But not really having anything to connect it to yet. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I wish I had had that experience because now, you know, having watched all the series, I think about, well, how do they sometimes I think, OK, how do these fit together? You know, you think you kind of know, but just to have it all laid out after having seen everything and it, it making sense and having meaning to you, I think that would have been cool, too. All right, Mike, uh, what was it? What was like your first memory of truly like seeing Star Trek or actually like getting into Star Trek? The earliest I can remember. Um, so I, I, when I was growing up, my uh, my dad would always call it Star Puke. <laughs> what? Yeah. Did he have a reasoning? No, he's he wasn't a, a fan of it. <laughs> you don't. Um, it, it, I mean, it was just you know, it wasn't like he like dogged on it all the time but anytime that it happened to come up like if there's a commercial on tv you know he would roll his eyes at it or whatever (laughs) so you know i never really was exposed to it uh until uh this one night when i was about 12 or 11 i think i was probably 11 um i got up and came downstairs and this was like midnight or something and my sister was down there watching tv and i i from the like the top of the stairs you could see the tv so i kind of just sat there and watched without her knowing i was watching and uh and i saw this uh there was this this android on the screen talking to himself (laughs) and and i'm like what is that you know and i just sat there for like 10 minutes just watching it mesmerized and then she finally noticed me and like invited me to come watch it with her and uh, it was the episode Data Lore. Oh, nice. Oh, you actually remember the actual <laughs> yeah. episode? Yeah, it was actually the it was the, the first airing of it. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was a real time, basically. Yeah, it was like 87. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, and I was, like I said, I was, I think, 11 at the time. So maybe even just 10. I don't know what when that aired. But anyway, um, that's the, my very first ever memory of actually watching it and enjoying it, like... Other than like my dad dogging on it. <laughs> so hang on. So is is this whole band and everything we've been doing just rebellion against your dad? Is that what That's this has been the, the whole time? This band is therapy to you now, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Take that, old man. <laughs> Screw you, dad. I'm, I'm a Star, Star Trek, Trek band. I'm one of these wrong. Day, one of these days, I'm going to start a band all about so, Star Trek and make you come and see us so, a few times. So does your dad go? How's that star puke band of yours? <laughs> oh yeah, he does. He takes a bit. He takes a swig of his Jack, and when he's done, he throws a bottle and busts next to my head. 
No son of mine's watching that star puke. <laughs> no, actually, my, my, my dad's pretty awesome. No, I've, 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 we've all met your dad, and he's, he's a pretty good guy, except for that whole star puke thing. Yeah, I, I don't know why. It's, I don't, you know, and, and my mom has even told me, like, more recently that when the original series was on, he would watch it. So he's just a dirty self-hater then. <laughs> so I don't know what his problem is. Man, it's just a classic case of self-loathing. Um, closet Trekkie. There we yeah. go. So uh, over the next few years, I was mostly exposed to Next Generation and uh, a little bit of the original series. Um, and I knew of the original series, uh, but I, I, you know, it wasn't really airing on a lot of stations that I watched at the time, so. But you were probably at least well aware of like Kirk and Spock. Sure, yeah, least. and 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 I, I over the next couple of years, I I had seen a few of the movies. I had a friend who all through school who was really into Star Trek, so he exposed me to some of it. For a while, I didn't want to like it because he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had to be different. Yeah, you know, he he was this big nerd, and I was like, I don't want to be like him. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it was when I was a teenager, maybe like 15 or 16, another friend of mine, his dad was a huge Star Trek fan. He had the entire VHS collection. Wow. So there was a VHS collection? <clears throat> yes, of every episode. <laughs> and so uh, we would go... I would go, I should have known that. Sure. We used to go hang out at his house after school, and one day we were like, let's watch Star Trek. And so we just grabbed a random tape and put it in and just sat there and we would just watch the entire episode. Now, do you remember what episode that was? was? It the original series? Yes, it was the original series. The episode was The Corb Might Maneuver. Nice. And so we, we just sat there and we just watched it. And, you know, for maybe the first three or four minutes, we, like, joked around and made fun of it. But then after a few minutes, we all just got really quiet. <laughs> and we were just watching it. Because it's a great episode. <laughs> and uh, after that, we did that. Not every day, but like a couple times a week, we'd go to his house and just like watch Star Trek after school because his dad had all of them. Uh, so that that's when I did, like, you, did you did you watch them in order or like all out of order? Like it was just random. We would just grab heaters. whatever whatever episode looked interesting. We would grab that tape and watch it. That, that was the kind of nice thing about the original series. It was pretty much all bottle episodes anyway, so it didn't really yeah. matter what order you it watched them in. Pretty much anything in the 60s was there were like oh, yeah. ongoing so, arcs, what, except for soap it, operas. <clears throat> was it like two episodes to a tape, or was it just one episode on each tape? Were there like 79 I, tapes? I, I think there were two on each tape. Okay. I can't remember what the other episode was with the Corb Might Maneuver. Okay. And Chris, so you know, they did have them on Betamax as well because somebody, I don't remember who it was. At, at one of our shows at Locals Only. At Locals Only. Ago. It That's might have right. been Dave. It might have been the guy who owned Locals Only. Possibly. Like, gave us a couple of episodes on, sure. on beta I that. of original yeah, I, series. I think one of them was The Cage, actually. It was either The Cage yeah. or, or like the, the one of the menageries. Yeah. How about Laserdisc? It was disc? probably The Menagerie because The Cage wasn't released until... Oh, yeah, 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 it's true. Right. It wouldn't right. even like been the 90s or whatever. Yeah. So, so did they have it on Laserdisc? Doubtfully. Th maybe. They do. I have what? a copy of The Trouble of Trills on Laserdisc. Really? <laughs> really? You do? Yeah. But I didn't of course, know that. But of course, I didn't know way to watch it, though. No, yeah. I, I don't know any way to watch it. It's, it's right there next to my copy of Mallrats. <laughs> on Laserdisc? On Laserdisc. <laughs> I actually have the, the release poster for Mallrats that says, now available on Laserdisc. Have you tried putting it on a record player? It doesn't <laughs> work. Oh. You can, it, oh. I, I thought at least you could hear the audio. Yeah. That's too bad. <laughs> so, Andy... 
Let's let's hear your earliest Star Trek experiences. I like that when anybody else talks, Noah just thinks it's hilarious to hear. <laughs> to hear like he he just starts giggling as soon as someone starts talking. Things. <laughs> so what do you think of Star? See, he's even giggling. I'm just making it fun is. of it. It's funny. My earliest memory was uh, when I would go and stay with my dad on the weekends. Uh, My brother and I would get up fairly late. I was probably like eight or nine years old, something along those lines. And at, I always remember, 11 o'clock in the morning, Saturdays, on, I think it was like the NBC affiliate, uh, they would, it was always wrestling, WWF wrestling. But... If you watched it long enough, you watched it to the very end, which, of course, you're going to because that's when the main event happens. If you watch right after the commercials, an episode of, an episode of Star Trek would begin. And it was original series. Really? And I had zero clue what it was. All I knew is that all of a sudden I heard a bunch of stringed instruments and horns <laughs> all crescendoing and... Oh no! This was just like the weird little <laughs> intro scene, like the cut before they they they, they went over to the intro, yeah, yeah. and it was like, and I was like, that sounds like the old Batman show. <laughs> and then of course it wound up uh, being the episode Arena. So that was the very first episode I got to see was Arena. So it was Kirk being his macho self fighting a big rubbery green alien, so which it tied into wrestling perfectly. Then. Pretty much, yes, exactly. I was like, I almost thought that they oh, they did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. But then, subsequent Saturdays after that, uh, I would always make sure because like my dad would always try to get us to pack up and go. Like as soon as wrestling was done, as soon as wrestling's wrestling's done, we got to do chores. <laughs> nope. I start, I would start arguing with him. He was like, No, we gotta we gotta stand stand and watch Star Trek. So it turned out, but I didn't get to do it religiously. Like I was, I'm, I just kind of made it out to be just now. <laughs> but if I could somehow convince him that I didn't need to go out and pull weeds immediately, uh, I would be able to stay inside and watch Star Trek for at least another hour. So that was like my first exposure. But of course, like Noah mentioned in episode zero, my very first memory of Star Trek ever was the damn SETI eel. Because, whoa, you're like yeah. six or seven yeah, years no, old. You're not supposed to see that. Yeah, you're six or seven years old. You see something crawling inside a ear and a dude screaming his head off. You're going to have some nightmares. You're going to you're going to like anything that lands on you near your ear and you're already scared out of your mind because of watching something else scary. You're going to start swatting at it, swearing it's that thing that you saw the dude from Fantasy Island putting in that tiny little Russian dude's ear. But of course, now we know who those people are, and I don't have to refer to it like that. <laughs> What's interesting about this is that I have learned things that I hadn't. I mean, how long have we been friends? At least we've been ten we've plus been friends years for over ten years. For over ten years, we've been we've been working on this band for ten years. Right. Yeah. But I'm finding out things just through these conversations that I had no idea, that I did not know before. Well, see, that's the, that's the nice thing. Pretty much any like podcast interview that we've done before has always been like the same thing. How did the band start? Who founded the yeah. band? How did you I join? I like Star Trek and I like music, so I put them together. <laughs> Here it we are. It was going to be a Buffy the Vampire Slayer band. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Thank- why are we doing that anyway? We're not. <laughs> I've already, I just had this discussion Ooh. with Noah because he was talking about going through a bunch of his old uh, 
voice memos for song <laughs> ideas, and he, and he said he said he had like over two hundred, and I was like. Well, if you have an excess of songs, maybe you can go and start that He-Man band finally. <laughs> and Mike and I looked at each other because we, we, we know. <laughs> because they're already talking about doing it. Chris, are you going to put up with this? <laughs> <laughs> so go, going back to, uh, for, to me for a minute. Um, it's all about you. Huh? It is about me. Oh, um, about Mike. It is. He started the band. Uh, it's true. <laughs> Technically. But who keeps it going? Uh... Uh, now I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> that means it wasn't that important. Sorry we distracted you from your no, ego, Mike. It was <laughs> someone else talk. All right. I, I, can, I can go back to a, a totally random childhood memory of Star Trek related to toys. Because Patrick talked about getting some random... Um, Scotty. Scotty from the, the original movie, right? From the, yeah, I think it was yeah. from one of the movies, yeah. And, and they were like... It was dressed all yeah. in gray, I think yeah. is what he said. Yeah, and they were, yeah. And I had... And they, they were the same size as Star Wars figures. They were like three and three-fourths inch figures. I like, I like that you know the exact measurements. I, I know. Thanks a lot, I, Star I know, Wars. I know, Yeah, but <laughs> I had the... Uh, I had the Spock, but uh, but like I knew I, I didn't understand why Spock was dressed in a gray uniform, but I knew okay. of Spock and I knew, and I was like, oh cool, this is Spock, and I you know and in his hands picture, yeah, it's from the motion picture, and his hands were like I mean, maybe all their hands were like this, but they were like, like what, in this what, weird no. like pre grip thing, like somebody was getting ready to like like they were laying the hand on a shoulder, yeah, like laying like yeah. like a, almost like a Vulcan, Vulcan grip. grip, yeah. But I have a feeling all the hands were like that because they were probably just molded in those cheap oh, yeah. Kenner molds, you know. Mm -hmm. But but his hands were like in Vulcan grip thing, which I thought was awesome. I like so. how when you did this visually, you <clears throat> I showed, had yeah. your arms slightly cocked but not bent because there was no, <laughs> no. articulation in those <laughs> no, elbows. No. <laughs> well, not unless you're G those fancy GI Joes. But I would I would make the Spock like Vulcan pinch the Star Wars figures because <laughs> his hand was gripped for because that. That's so his was, power. That's his power. And that yeah. So how else was he going to fit in? He was going to Vulcan pinch people. Did, did you ever make, make Vader and Spock face off with like Vader doing like the, the like the choke and Spock mm. getting ready to Vulcan nerve pinch? Oh, that's, that's, that's kind of meta. That's a deep cut. Right yeah. That's, deep cut. That's, no, no, he was just, he was just knocking out, you know, like, Random aliens, Greedo, and Greedo, Greedo and Hammerhead and Snaggletooth, yeah, just knocking them out. Because <laughs> the stormtrooper, you know, armor's too thick that he's not gonna get, he's not gonna get through that. Well, I mean, unless you could pop the helmet off, but yeah, they they weren't yeah. that fancy back then. No. And you'd have to get your fingers down like between the armor and that rubber wetsuit that they have underneath. Or be like, it is. I mean, like basically getting a Vulcan nerve pinch <clears throat> on a stormtrooper would be like shooting, like shooting womp rats back at home. <laughs> you have to get it just right. Right, right. Especially using a T-16. What? <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I remember what I was going to say. Thank God. Great. <laughs> Fine. Uh, so uh, my friend who we watched the Star Trek at his house, he had a, a younger brother. And uh, once I graduated, this was the, the year after I graduated from high school. His brother was in like ninth or 10th grade. And he was doing a project for a class where he had to make like a commercial or something. So um, we, he, he asked all of us to help him make this. So we, we wrote this commercial for Jolt Cola. <laughs> and uh, the, the Side, sidebar. The, yeah, the, did you ever actually drink Jolt Cola? Oh yeah. Oh, I did. <laughs> Never had it. And, Never and tried did it. it. 
because I remember, and sorry to interrupt your story. No, it's okay. But I remember getting like a case of Joe Cola with a friend of mine, and we were gonna stay up all night. We were yeah. Gonna, we were just gonna we were just gonna just trash the shit out of that night. Yep. And it put you to sleep. And we both drank. I think between the two of us, we probably drank about three or four each. Jeez. And just like knocked us out, yeah, right out. That jolt did not; it did the complete opposite of what you expected it to do. That is, I, I had the same experience. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't just me. Yeah. Anyway, continue for Jolt Cola commercial right. for Jolt. Yeah, the commercial. We it was do they called. Still have Jolt? Does it still exist? I, I don't think it does. Yeah, no, no, Jolt doesn't exist. Our our, our commercial was not successful. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, it was a retro show. It, it was called the Mighty Jolt, and so uh, <laughs> he, he we 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 made this commercial. What's this have to do with Star Trek? <clears throat> I'm, 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 He's I'm, getting there. I'm getting there. Sorry, I, I waylaid the whole thing, <laughs> but it was it was important. Yes. So the so it, it was it was a Star Trek commercial for Jolt where we played the characters. What? So we, <laughs> okay. So we, first first of all, we we beam down. I'm making air quotes here. Beam down in front of their minivan because it looked like a shuttlecraft. A shuttle. <laughs> but why would we beam down if we had a shuttlecraft? <laughs> You're beaming down to the shuttle. Uh, oh, and, and and of course the effect was we hit record, we hit pause, we walked in, and then we hit record again. So it's just a sudden <laughs> yeah. boom. It's a pop, we're there. Sort of like the whole like the, the, like the like the episode of Wink of an Eye. Yes. All right. Kind of. Uh, so then we, you know we also kind of mixed it with a little bit of the Last Crusade because we get inside we we end up. Uh, I forget the whole story. I mean, the whole thing's like three three minutes long. But like, we get to the end, and there's this whole like selection of all these different drinks and cups and glasses and everything on this table. Oh, and you know, and and the guy stand there. He's like, choose wisely. And, and of course, <laughs> my my friend Tom is wearing the red shirt, so he walks up and he picks one and takes a drink, and just dies on the spot. Right? Stop being a stereotype, man. <laughs> and and then. Uh, and of course, I'm wearing blue and I'm playing Bones, and uh, and I and I'm like, he's dead, Jim. And then uh, the the kid who was actually doing this video for, for the class, he was playing Kirk, so he walks up and he tries a different one, and it kills him. <laughs> and then we're like, oh no! And then and and actually, this is one of one of my proudest moments as a teenager is I I said, damn it, Jim, on this video that he was going to show to his for class. School. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I, I I picked the jolt and I poured it in uh, Kirk's mouth, <laughs> and it revives Kirk. <laughs> and, and 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 then Kirk stands up and he's like, mmm, that tastes good, jolt cola, you know. And and then uh, and then he's like. Three to beam up, and we just leave the the red shirt laying there dead. <laughs> well done. That was well done. That's good. Yeah. That, that reminds me. <clears throat> like I said, I didn't have a lot of exposure to Star Trek when I was younger, except this the same same friend of mine. He was he was a, a Trekkie when we were growing up. He used to make these tapes, and he had this this. It was like a radio show. But it was like a uh, a mock radio show that he would do, and he just like had these tapes of this mock radio show, and he would make the voices and all this. So he and I, you know, he got me into it, and so we would we would do this together and make these ridiculous little skits, and you know, we'd make commercials and all this stuff. Well, one of the things we did is we did we did Star Trek. I had no idea really. I didn't really know the characters that well, well enough that I, that 
I knew the tropes that were used for each one. Um, but we, we never did it. It was always a parody. So like when we did Star Wars, you know, we did like, I think we called Chewbacca Boochaka, you know? <laughs> and for, yeah, kombucha. That <laughs> well, we were, I mean, we were prepubescent. It was like, yeah. you know, <laughs> we were like eight or nine. And, but I remember we called Spock Smock because <laughs> sure. <laughs> And but Scotty was potty, oh. so like it of was course he this was. ridiculous so sketch. Okay, what? How old were you? I don't know, eight or nine probably. Okay. 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 All right, that's excuse. Yeah. I, I thought you were said like eighteen or nineteen. No. I did too. It oh, was a picture him like no. just out of high school. Yeah, I thought you said hey, something about. Potty. I thought you said something about college. I, I don't know. I don't know if these still if the recordings still exist. But I know of, of that particular one, I know that some of them still do somewhere, and you can, like, our voices were clearly children. But I just remember just this totally just full of, you know, bathroom humor and just nonsense and just trying to make, mainly trying to make each other laugh, but it was all in this Star Trek world. And he would mainly kind of manufacture the story, and I would just kind of respond in a voice that I had created for a character that I, for some reason, was playing. So basically, you were like, "Yes, Anding." I was, I was like the Andy Richter of of this radio <laughs> show. One, sir. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but that—that's uh, I'd forgotten about that. But that rem- when you said you did the commercial, that kind of reminded me of our foray into our early podcasting. Podcasting before podcasting was podcasting. Yeah, I like it. Well, why don't we wrap up this segment with uh. Like a quick little favorite convention experiences. We've played multiple conventions in our nearly, is it nearly 10 years or is it 10 years at this point? Uh, It'll be 10 years. This summer. This fall will be nine years that we've been playing conventions. But this summer, like this past summer was when we got, was when Noah and Mike and I started talking about the band. Started like actually playing in your living room. Okay. 10 years ago. Yeah, and our, our, our first show was uh, September 11th. <laughs> yeah, I was. Never forget. Uh, <laughs> 2010. 2010, yeah. But our first convention was Starbase Indy 2010. Yep. That's right, November of 2010. Yeah, so we played a lot of conventions over the years. Um, just give me your one big standout moment, whether it's having a conversation with somebody, having interaction with a fan, uh, just a favorite moment, whether it be in a show, meeting somebody, anything. There's so many. Oh, I know. That's the, that's the hard part. And, and like, I mean, you could pick one, but then you think of another one where you're like, well, that's just as good. There are so many, but the first one that, the first one that I can think of that stands out is we were playing Wizard World Chicago, and it was... It must have been during year two, probably, maybe. So, you know, 2011 or 12, around there, probably. <clears throat> and um, I'm, stand- I'm manning the booth, and I don't, I don't know where anybody else was. I, I just happened to be the one at our table. And the person who had hired us, you know, she would check on us every once in a while. She came over, and she, she said, hey could you moderate a panel for LeVar Burton? Oh, that's right. <laughs> and I'm like, about that. what? <laughs> 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 and what had happened, the, the person that was supposed to moderate for him, he had missed his flight or his flight got canceled or something like that. 
and they just needed somebody to do it. And so the first person that came, the first people that came to was us because we were the Star Trek band in the house. And I happened to be the one at the booth. And so she asked me if I would do it. And I was like, yeah, definitely. And it was the most surreal experience I'd had to date <laughs> because I had never done anything like that. All I knew, I had seen panels. So I kind of knew it was really more of a Q&A. You know, it wasn't like I had to sit there and ask him questions, which was good because I was totally not prepared for that. And at the time, I don't think I'd even made it through all of TNG. But it was just really cool because I go in this room, you know, I introduce myself and he's just this really, really sweet guy. And I intro him and then he just kind of sits, you know, takes over and he's telling stories and answering questions. And I ask him a question at some point when it kind of gets slow. And it was just really cool. He was really, really a very gracious uh, kind of guy and made me feel like I was actually doing it right. <laughs> and who knows whether or not I was. But that's that's the earliest experience that I can think of convention wise that we did where I had it was, you know, first contact with one of the people that are kind of part of this family that we're drawing our material from. And so it was really cool. Real quick, this isn't my, my memory per se, but my first interaction with LeVar Burton in particular was in Las Vegas the very first year that we played there. Uh, so 2014. 14? Yeah, walked outside to take a smoke break. Uh, right outside the green room doors, and he's. I look over and I see LeVar Burton on his phone sitting on a chair, and he's talking on the phone. And you know, I grew up watching him on Reading Rainbow and everything, just but I hear him on the phone, and he's just like, F this, and <laughs> cursing his head off. And I'm like, Ah, fourth wall, no. but it was awesome because it was one of those moments like, celebrities, they're just like us. <laughs> Speaking of Vegas, <clears throat> I think that mine is has to be from the 50th anniversary in Vegas. We've met a lot of stars and a lot of idols, and you know we've we, we played all of them on and off the stage in Vegas um, a couple times, but nothing. I don't think any of them compare to playing Whoopi Goldberg out onto that stage Jumpin Jack Flash. with Jumpin' Jack Flash. And, I mean, you mentioned surreal earlier, and that was truly surreal. Like, there's only so many moments in your life where you feel like you're not actually there and you're not, it's not really you. And, I mean, we were standing there playing that on that stage, and everyone in that room went crazy. And she came out dancing, too. Yeah. yeah. And it was just unreal, like, that feeling like when there's like 8,000 people screaming in front of you. Yeah, I mean, and it, 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 you, it wasn't necessarily for us. No, it wasn't. We were part I, I, of I, the I, reason. I, yeah, I understand. Like, it's not for us, but we were on stage with her. And yeah, it was just, just having someone of that magnitude up there with us and being like, I know you from Star Trek, but I also know you from right. watching all these movies of yours growing up, and then there they are. And, and, just, and just five minutes before that, she like walked past us backstage and like shook our hands and like, hi, I'm yeah. Whoopi. Like, hi. We know you're Whoopi. <laughs> yeah. No introduction needed. Yeah, I think the f the first year <clears throat> we were in Vegas, I'm, pl I'm playing keys and, and I as I recall, the keys were so squished up against the side <laughs> of the stage yeah. that I was, I was practically, I was almost behind a curtain. Yeah. You yeah. were basically off stage. I was, I was nearly <laughs> off stage and we're playing something and I, I noticed some some movement, uh, you know, kind of out of the corner of my eye. And I turn my head 
and there's Jadzia taking my picture. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? But yeah, she's Terry Farrell standing there and she's got her phone and she's like smiling. And, and I, there were other people behind her, but like, you know, Terry Farrell was like standing right there. And I was like, oh my God. It was just, I was like, we've arrived. <laughs> when you meet people from the original series and even like the next gen people, like they're, they've aged. You know, they, they look a lot older, you know, especially the original series. But, like, yeah. you know, some of the people from the, the more recent series don't look that different. So when you see them, it's... It's like, it's like you're meeting the character. Yeah, you, it, it, you, you almost feel a little more, like, starstruck because it, they still look like their character. And especially Terry still looks... Terry still looks amazing. Exactly like Dex. So... Noah, what you got? Well... There are it's really hard to pick a moment and and there are so many and there are so many that at different conventions some of them aren't even like positive memories necessarily you know like some of them are just like some nightmare crazy some kind of weird spinal tap <laughs> moment yeah, just like getting lost insane, and not yeah. way, like fighting with promoters to get paid and all pl- that stuff yeah pl- playing an acoustic show under a picnic shelter in the rain in the rain for two people in riverside iowa stuff like that um i mean still great stories and everything but i I still i can't get away from the 50th anniversary in vegas my moment there is is not with any celebrities or anything like that it was this crazy thing when we all well when some of us Decided to do karaoke, to do this karaoke thing. <laughs> and I, I don't know why this is like such a like... It was just you and I. Visceral at memory. At first it was. And, and like I, I, on the record, I'll say, I don't like doing karaoke. <laughs> I really don't. Like I do not like doing karaoke in any way, shape or form. Like I am not like I have one range. You know, like Mike knows like all my songs are in the same key <laughs> I have I have a very limited range, so like singing some other person's song just doesn't work most of the time for me. Unless it's the Warrior. No, that's that was that was that was tough. Even even I just have to change keys on that. But uh, yeah, we have to change all the cover songs. <laughs> yeah, all the cover songs have to be in a different key. But I was like, I'm I'm gonna go along with this. This is gonna be fun. And and but then there was like a long wait. So we signed up and we signed up under the name of Gorn Hunter, which is all always our like alias band is Gorn Hunter. And so we're like waiting around. Well, and we had more people. We had like a group of people that were going to go up there we with did. us. We did have a whole group of and people. And it took so long. It took so long. And the Klingons were the were the host for a while. And then... Um, JG and Bob. Yeah, JG yeah. and Bob yeah. were, were the host. And then... Uh, well, and it, there was no guarantee that you were even going to get called. No. Like the you guys signed from up. Enterprise yeah. came out. Yeah. Dominic and... Um, Connor. Yeah, Connor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they come out, and that's when that's when everything started picking up. But we were like, we were about ready to give up. Well, I think a lot of you us were walking a, out. A lot of us I, had like I know everyone. I, I think everyone had left well, except we, for we even went all the way back to the room, got drinks, and came that's, all the yeah. way back, and yeah. they hadn't gone on. And yet. they hadn't gone on yet. Yeah. Was it you guys that were leaving when they were calling? I'm like, and I, I, I'm like running after you. Yeah, we had left because I was like, we're not going to get called. This is stupid, and I'm, I'm not drunk enough yet to do this. So I was like, I'm going to go back to the room and get some drinks. And, and we did, and I just I took my sweet time. Oh, Neil was with us. <clears throat> yeah. yes. well, Neil yeah. Carpenter was with us. He was the one that stayed with me while you guys went off. Okay, so for people who don't know, Neil Carpenter is um, 
an super awesome, fan. awesome guy, super fan of he, Star Trek and of Star Trek and a five year mission. And he he was over from the UK at the 50th and we got to meet him for the first time. He'd been a long time fan and we got to meet him for the first time in person. No, no, it wasn't the first time. It was the second time. Right. He came, actually came to Indy once, which is another favorite story, which is, yeah, which is another favorite story. So anyway, finally, somehow we all wind up being there at the precise moment that they call us up. Like we just walked through the, we, yeah, you and me for you, like you appeared. Yeah. I'm going to get there. Wasn't there yet. Park wasn't there yet. Mike, Mike and I had just gone back to the room to get a bunch of drinks. We came back to where the karaoke's happening. You're like panicking because they're calling us (laughs) and no one's there except for you. And you were about to go do it by yourself. Yeah. So Mike and I walk in right as, right as they call and you're like, get up here. What are you doing? (laughs) And we go up there, and no, ne- Neil was with me. Too. And Neil, yeah, yeah, Neil was with you. <clears throat> Just to to clarify your story here, I I actually did not go up. Oh, you didn't? No, no. I oh. it, I think this happened like two minutes after I left because yeah. I was starving. But also, I I was looking for an excuse not to go up because I am terrified of karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> we all get up there on stage, st- start launching into. Uh, 99 red balloons, which is what we, what we had picked because yeah. they say Captain Kirk in it. And we thought that would be cool to, to yeah. do that. And we do this. And, and then all of a sudden, like, it's, it's me, you, and Neil, right? Yeah. Okay. So me, you, and Neil are, are singing the song and we're doing it. And in the middle of one of the breakdowns and we're like dancing and being stupid and, and goofy on stage, I look over and Andy's just appeared on stage. I have no idea where he came from. He's just there on stage. I didn't know he on was stage. there until he, like, wraps his arm around <laughs> me and is, like, singing next to me. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like here he is. This is a thing happening. <laughs> he appeared. And I just remember, like, the moment, like, we all, like, screamed Captain Kirk oh, in the song. The entire crowd. The entire screaming. crowd is screaming it back. And it was like... It was just that was just such a powerful moment to me, which which is weird that it was doing karaoke, something I hate, like doing this karaoke, but like this rock star crowd singing moment back at you with like some really great people and this weird thing that just came together all of a sudden out of nowhere, and like that was just such an awesome experience just like such a great moment in that that i won't forget i know and neil talks about that all the time there's like there's like a nice picture of us well, all up on imagine stage. i mean for us that was that was a blast but for him like he came over from the uk he's a big fan of the the series and the people in the series but also of us and he ends up on stage with us and then there's you know connor Trenier and, and dominic over there mm-hmm. and like you know they're kind of dancing and singing too i mean for him didn't we actually bring neil backstage at, at, at some point that we did as well we yeah. did yeah oh yeah we thought we, we let him stand on the side of the stage while yeah. we were playing somebody yeah. on i can't remember who it was yeah he, we let him come back a couple times yeah neil's a great guy the, the majority of my favorite memories are always going to be the ones that i've talked about like on previous guest spots on podcasts, like the one time we got to meet um, uh, Harlan Ellison before before he died. Oh, Harlan's the best. He was fantastic. That's always gonna stick out in my mind. There's but there's all these like weird little moments that stick out, like when uh, myself and Chris and Noah were backstage being interviewed by what we at the time thought was an NPR interview for like a local affiliate turned out it's now part of the traveling uh what we left behind star trek exhibit 
and it is a fantastic exhibit wherever it's been in Indianapolis. It's currently in Detroit. Uh, I believe it's moving on to somewhere in California next, if I remember correctly. Uh, but then in the middle of the interview, Joan Collins comes walking into the room <laughs> and then promptly walked back out. <laughs> Uh, another short, quick little memory. Uh, I had uh, my deodorant was in my backpack in our green room, and I was like, "Why are you guys hanging out out in the hall?" And and you guys said, "Oh, they're doing something in there." And I was like, "Well, I gotta get this out of my bag." Mm -hmm. I walk, punch the code in, walk in the door, and there's Nichelle Nichols having a catered chicken dinner yeah. with three of her handlers. <laughs> that was a weird one. Uh, uh, another another favorite one is definitely Max Grodenchik calling Andy on the phone. Yes, <laughs> Max Grodenchik. The the final night of I believe it was the fiftieth anniversary in Vegas. Uh, he, Andy, oh my gosh! Please tell me you still have a keyboard here. The Rat Pack's keyboard blew up. And I was like, who is this? <laughs> well, because I, I didn't have his number programmed in my phone yet. All I saw that it was like a weird number from like Germany or something because he, he lives over there with his family. And I was like, yeah. And I had to check around and make sure that it wasn't one of the things that had already flown back with, uh, I think Patrick had already gone at that point. And sure enough, we grabbed the keyboard, grabbed some drinks, grabbed a few friends. We were like, hey, Rat Pack's uh, using our keyboard. Follow us if you want to sit backstage and watch the Rat Pack show. And so we like walked in, walked like in yeah, we we we, we like walked heroes. we walked in the main door and had the keyboard hoisted above your head. Yeah. And I was like, we made it! And people started cheering. And that was that was fun. That was a fantastic Ooh. memory. We got to watch the entire Rat Pack show from backstage with our friends. Uh, I believe it was Claire that wound up farting on the couch backstage, and that was awesome. <laughs> You're welcome, Claire. <laughs> Calling you out, Claire. That, that's Isolinear Chick on, on Twitter. Twitter. Yes. Yeah, so if, if you, you wanna, want to if you send her wanna, a message, oh, don't even send her a message. Just tweet at her with like gifts that have to do with farts, <laughs> and it'll be fantastic. And that wraps up episode one <laughs> of the five-year mission podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you will be back, because we'll be back whether you're here or not. Thanks, Bill and Dan from the Trek Geeks Network, and we will see you next time we decide to record one of these suckers. Five-year mission out! <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs>
This week's episode of the Five Year Mission Podcast has been brought to you by Fansets. Whether you choose to wear them or display them, there is something for everybody, ranging from the Star Trek universe to DC to Harry Potter and beyond. An unbelievable 20 new pins from Fansets made their debut at STLV this year. Wish we could have been there. And they are all amazing, including the Women of Trek collector set, including Lieutenant Uhura, Dr. Beverly Crusher, Counselor Deanna Troy, Major Kieran Norris, Captain Catherine Janeway, Sub-Commander T'Pol, Commander Michael Burnham, the Borg Queen, and Edith Keeler. If you don't hear the name of a favorite female Star Trek character in there, don't worry, because this is going to be an ongoing series. As well as new autograph pins featuring Brent Spiner as Data and Doug Jones from Discovery as Saru. Each pin is personally signed and comes with a certificate of authenticity. These are not machine reproductions. All right, fansets, are you really going to make me drop all that money on a Doug Jones pin? I think you just did. And also new from Star Trek Discovery, all the season two episode pins from episodes one through four, as well as the season two logo pin. New Trek tech pins, including the Klingon Batleth and a TNG phaser rifle, as well as the new Star Trek Picard logo pin and a half Picard, half Locutus pin. On top of all that, the STLV exclusive Uhura pin sold out within mere hours at STLV. But good news for anyone who was not at STLV but wants to get one of these collectibles, head on over to fansets.com anytime between now and August 31st at midnight Eastern and pre-order this pin. Fansets will only be ordering the number of pre-orders that come through by August 31st, and they will be shipping by mid-October. After August 31st, you will never be able to order this pin again, so do it now. And as a special bonus to our listeners, if you would like to receive 15% off your entire order at fansets.com, simply enter the word FIVE-YEAR MISSION at checkout, all caps, the number five at the beginning. This bonus code will be available until Sunday, September 15th, 2019 at midnight Eastern Daylight Time. Again, enter the code FIVE-YEAR-MISSION at checkout. Fansets, we are Star Trek, and we thank our friends at Fansets for sponsoring this week's episode. Corrections and redactions. My This week's corrections and redactions are being brought to you by Classic Rittenhouse. The traveling Star Trek exhibit that features five-year mission interviews is known as Star Trek Exploring New Worlds. What We Left Behind is, in fact, a Star Trek Deep Space Nine documentary that features five-year missions version of the Deep Space Nine theme song played over the end credits. On the next five-year mission, the podcast, we'll be sitting around and playing a little game we like to call It's Real! Or It's a Fake! We'll be having real and fake Star Trek facts, and we'll have to figure out which is which. Stay tuned. And while you're at it, why don't you head on over to fiveyearmission.net and pick yourself up something nice, like a CD or a shirt or something. You'll see it. Do it. Buy things. Buy our things. 